Are you ready for the word? All right. I hope you are. I got half of you with me, maybe. Um, I'm excited to begin a two-part series today that is entitled Seated. Seated. And we're going to be looking at Seated at His Feet. Um, Seated at Jesus' feet. And for that, I'm going to go to Luke chapter 10, verse uh, 38 through 42. It's in the NIV version. It's in the version app. If you would like to go there, if not, the verse will be on the screen. It says as this, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better. And it will not be taken away from her. There are some situations in Scripture that you can read and that there is no connection between what is taking place in Scripture and between what you are facing in your life. There are some that you and I have difficulty relating to and seeing ourselves in the the portion of the, of the word in that part. It feels so far from life, it doesn't feel like it is actually really taking place. Jonah, and the well, I, I don't see myself being swallowed up by, by a huge well. I don't like water, so I'm not getting that deep. There's some situations. But this right here, this is a story that we can see ourselves in. I think this is a story that resonates with the type of life that we live in right now in 2022. There's so much real time. There's so much going on in this story. There's so much that takes place in your life, that takes place in my life, that we can easily just get caught up and just become distracted and just lose our focus. And there's times that we have to stop and realign our focus. And there, there's times that we have to stop and readjust our perspective at what we're looking at. This scripture, it's almost like if it was just written for this day and age. When I look at, at this particular scripture, scholars believe that this instance occurred sometime in the late fall. It was about to enter, they're about to enter the winter months, and those winter months would ultimately lead into the passion season. So several months before Jesus goes to the cross is our setting uh, of what is taking place here in this story. And Jesus, the Bible tells us that he stops at a, a small village, at a little village uh, that we know as Bethany. Bethany was not a place that was uncommon for Jesus. Jesus was staying in the, the Jerusalem area, so this place was one and a half mile away from, from Jerusalem, and Jesus feels at home. He's comfortable. He's comfortable with the family uh, where he has shown up to. They know him. He knows them. There, there's just that comfort level, 
And there's just something about going to a home where you're comfortable. There's something about going to a house where you know where everything's at. You don't have to ask where the restroom is. You can just go there yourself. There's something about going to a house that you know that you could just be yourself and take any seat. Or even better, just go to the refrigerator and open that up. Right? Yourself. Um, you feel comfortable. It's, it's not like going to the house for the first time and you're, you don't know what to expect. And you're immediately standoffish and you look at, at, a, at a seat and say, uh, can I sit there? And then they tell you it's an antique. So you're like, I'll just sit outside. Um, you, you don't know what to expect. That, that's not the case. Jesus had been here before. He has a close relationship with, with this family, their friends. Martha, we understand, is the oldest. And she likely owns the home because we're able to conclude that her parents have, have passed and Martha is the oldest, so she is there. There's her brother, who we know as Lazarus. If you're familiar with the story, John chapter 11, Lazarus, her brother. And then there's Mary, who is the younger sister. She's the youngest. And Jesus shows up after a day of, of teaching, a day of ministry. It was a good day. And Martha is getting prepared, and she is just excited for the company. There are some people that just love to host. And God bless you that, that this is Martha. She is getting after it. She probably is a type A personality. She's in charge. She's probably drank a Red Bull, the summer edition, and she is hard at it. She is hard at it. She's like, let's go, let's go, let's get everything in order. She's working in the kitchen. She's getting everything prepared. She's working hard, getting the charcuterie board and everything ready because here comes Jesus getting, getting the egg rolls ready because egg rolls is always a good appetizer. There's, it doesn't matter what else is on the menu. There's always room for it. She's hard at it. And she's trying to make sure that their guests feel welcome. She's making sure that the guests feel welcome in this place and feel comfortable. But she notices something that, that, dis, that, that bogs her mind down. She notices something that, that frustrates her. She notices something that her younger sister has left the kitchen and, and is no longer working. She's just disappeared. Mary took a seat, we understand, that was reserved for the disciples. She took a seat that was reserved for the disciples because in this day and age and in this culture, it was not customary for the woman to leave the kitchen. She couldn't just abandon the work that was being done, but the Bible lets us know that Mary leaves and goes to a, a place that is set aside exclusively for, for the disciples, for Jesus' followers. And Mary just couldn't resist the opportunity to sit at Jesus' feet. She, she couldn't pass it. It was too good to pass up, to be in his presence. She wasn't concerned how the meal was going. She wasn't concerned as far as the preparation. She didn't care uh, that, that, you know, the temperature of the food was not where it needed to be. Not, none of that. All she wanted to do was to be at the feet of Jesus. That was what was important to her. That is what the priority was in this particular moment. It was just to be able to listen to his word. It was just a, a matter of being able to learn what he had to say. Multiple times in the scripture, we see Mary in this position where she is at his feet. You see Mary just taking it all in. And in other words, the other stuff can wait. In other words, the other stuff can wait. 
The notifications can be silenced. I'm going to stay right here at Jesus' feet. This is awesome to note because the physical posture represents the posture of her heart. Amen. The, The physical posture represents the posture of her heart. His word is what I need. His word is what I need. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but his word shall never pass away. Peter said, to who else can we go to if you have the words of eternal life? I just got to get to a place where I can hear his word. Because if he speaks, you can bank on there being changed. If he speaks, situations can be transformed. If he speaks, whether he says, let there be light, or whether he says, Lazarus, come out, our God can speak one word and there can be a transformation in one instance. I just got to get to a place where his word is because wherever his word is, there will be change. And not being sure if Jesus needs all this, Martha is thinking, not being sure, I'm going to get it ready. The salad, the centerpiece, worrying about the details, just constantly going. But she sees Mary, and it just ruins her day. She slams the cabinet. You know when the cabinet gets slammed. But yet she continues to be distracted by what is taking place. She can no longer hear the words of Jesus because she's too occupied and too concerned with what is taking place in the kitchen. Because of the distraction, she let her own emotions distort the living word that is speaking. She let her own occupation, she let her own, her own agenda get in the way of what was taking place just in the other room. Jesus is speaking, and the Bible tells us that she is distracted. She is distracted. How many times do we get distracted in life? How many times do we get distracted? Ask, yourselves in the pri- ask yourself in the privacy of your own heart, how many times have I found myself distracted? How many times? Forty-nine point six percent of people in this world are in the moment thinking about something else. Thinking about something else, distracted. The root word of distraction means to be pulled away. What is in your life today that is just constantly pulling at you? What is taking place in your family that is pulling you away from building and carving some time out to be at Jesus' feet? What is pulling you away just little by little? That starts as one thing and then you pile on another thing and then it's another thing and then it's another thing. And that it just distracts us. It just pulls us. It could be the worry in your life. It could be something that you are caring about. It could be other people's lives and their situations. 
And Martha is frustrated, and it's clear to see in this story, Martha is frustrated because she feels like, why hasn't anyone checked on me? Don't you see what I'm doing? Don't you see what I'm working on? Jesus hasn't even been to the kitchen. And Martha starts having this internal monologue in her own self that says, I'm all by myself. Nobody cares about me. Nobody knows the pressure that I'm facing. If you only knew what was going on on the inside of me, I can smile on the outside. But you don't know the storm that is taking place in my heart and in my mind. Nobody knows what I'm I'm dealing with. Nobody knows the pressure that is on my life right now. Nobody understands my situation. Nobody understands the stress that is on my life. Martha jumps to this own conclusion and says, nobody cares about what is taking place in my life. And we hear it because she says it point blank. She says, Jesus, don't you care? Jesus, don't you care? And, and can I tell you, how many times have we asked the question, Jesus, don't you care? How many times have you seen people around you being blessed and people around you being advancing or being successful in this or in that? And you stop and you ask yourself, don't you care about my situation? Don't you care about what I'm facing? Don't you care about what I'm going through? Martha asked the question, Jesus, don't you care? You see her sitting there. She's just there at your feet. And I'm over here in the kitchen. You hear what's going on? Don't you care, Jesus, about what is going on in my life? When is it going to be about me? Have you ever asked the question, don't you care about me? Don't you care about me? And Jesus says, Martha, Martha, calls her out twice and says, I love Jesus' response because he's tender, but yet he's pointed. And he says, your sister has chosen the better part. She's chosen the better part. And you want to take it from her. You want to remove her from that situation. But it's important. Can I tell you that it's important for us to understand that an outward expression of serving is important because my outward expression always stems from an inward devotion. Don't, don't get me wrong. What Martha is doing is important, and we all need to work. I, j- I heard it in a training uh, this, this past week that work is a virtue and that rest is a virtue, and neither of the two can be overlooked. Yes, we do need a balance, but, but I have to understand that my work follows my worship. My work follows my worship, and my duty follows my devotion. That I have to be able to be a worshiper first. That I have to make time to be with Jesus first. That I have to be devoted to him first, and then then I can do the rest. Because if those two get twisted, what happens to Martha could happen easily to us. We get distracted and we're just constantly worried about what is taking place in our lives without, without 
noticing that Jesus is in the room uh, and that I have to get in his presence without with overlooking the fact that, that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords invites me to a personal relationship uh, with him uh, and that I can have fellowship with him and that I can talk to him and that I can walk with him. And if I, and if I get so caught up in, in just taking care of this and, and taking care of all my responsibilities in life that I can easily lose focus of what is important. I'm coming to you at this, the first of August and right after summer to, to, to challenge us that, that maybe we got into a summer slump and, and, and we have just been out of focus, but that we would realign our focus right now and be able to finish the year stronger than we've ever finished in years past. And it all starts with Jesus. And it all starts with having a close relationship with him that we would leave the distraction that we would leave the distraction and be able to focus on Jesus and say, Jesus, before I do anything else, I'm going to make sure that I spend some time with you. We can get distracted. The only thing that Mary is doing, you, you'll say, an outsider may say, is, is sitting. But it's not that she's sitting, it's where she's sitting. It's not that she's that she has a seat. It's where she has a seat. She is sitting at the feet of Jesus. And I want to tell you today that inside of us, there may be a Martha that is always worried about cooking, about baking, about give them a little Debbie. They'll be okay. <laughs> there, there's, oh, there's something about always just being occupied. The world wants to keep us busy. But I want to challenge you that we would rise above that and, and that we would put first things first seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and everything else will be added unto you his word tells me that if I delight myself in him that he will give me the desires of my heart but I have to put him first but the world is constantly pulling us and situations are constantly pulling us and text messages and and tiktok and the, the notifications, you know, you can turn your notifications off. Sometimes it's healthy that they're just always constantly trying to distract us and trying to, to get us to be consumed. But can I tell you today that you can get a better seat? Can I tell you that you can change your seat, that you may be in Martha mode right now, but that you can take a, take a step back and scale things back and take a, take a seat at the feet of Jesus and to be able to just take in what he has to say to you. Because sometimes we get so busy just talking to him that we don't let him talk to us. Let him talk to you. So I want to share just three things. I got 15 minutes. Three things that we can do. Some practical steps that we can take in our lives to be able to take a seat at his feet. The first is get close to him. Get close to him. Have you built in some time daily to get close to him? Do you read a devotional daily? Are you being intentional? Are we being intentional? Are we making intentional decisions about being at his feet? Are we saying, Jesus, I got to get away from the noise of life And be able to just take a step back and enjoy your presence. 
that I would hang on his words and that I would marvel in his majesty, that I would put him first. Think about everything that you do on a daily basis. Don't you think that our lives would be better if we spent time with Jesus more? Don't you think that our marriage would be better if I spent more time with Jesus? Don't you think I would be a better parent if I spent more time with Jesus? I would be a better employee. I would be a, we would have a better family. My outlook would be better if I spent time with Jesus. The fear would diminish in my life if I spent time with Jesus. The worry would become overwhelmed by God's presence. The, the anxiety and the stress, the things that we are facing in life... That, that I would be, I could be a better husband, a better father. Maybe the problems in our lives don't get better, but the simple fact that we are spending time with Jesus gives us a peace and gives us a, a, an assurance to know that he is with us and that he is going to, he is going to take care of us. If, if he takes care of the birds of the, of the air and if he takes care of the lilies of the valley, how much more will he take care of us? If I could just get to a place that says, I'm still struggling, but I'm going to focus on Jesus because he is the answer that I could do what the Bible says that I counted all joy when I face trouble and when I face situations that, that I don't look at it and say, man, it, it, it's a problem that I look at it as an opportunity for God to show up and for God to show up, to show off. What if that's all that happens? That I'm still sick, but you know what that I say, you know what? I, I'll be on medication the rest of my life, but Jesus is with me, and he's going to see me through. My perspective changes, and my focus changes, because now I am looking to the source. Maybe there's still a battle, but if there's something about being in his presence. There's something about being in his presence. I'm gonna, so how do you do that? You build time each day. Build time each day. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be with him. I'm going to read his word. I'm going listen, to listen to a worship song. I'm going to go to church every single time that I have an opportunity. I'm going to seize the spiritual season of my life. I'm going to do this to be able to get close to him. The second thing is that i got to get rid of the distractions. I have to get rid of the distractions. What is distracting you in your life right now? For Mary, so picture this with me. For Mary, imagine if she can hear Martha, which I'm sure she can. Imagine if she would have let Martha's opinion change her position. Imagine if she would have let Martha's words take her away and distract her from what was right in front of her. Imagine if she would have let the comments coming out of Martha's mouth get her away from Jesus. Stop being pulled. She could have easily gone back into the kitchen trying to get this taken care of, and we're constantly thinking of that and that taken care of. And, and in the kitchen, she could have been there, and she could have ended up there based off of somebody else's opinions. Mary could have easily been swayed by the chatter that Martha was just constantly going through. Can I tell you, maybe we've allowed people's comments to distract us. 
Maybe we have allowed what people have said about us or what they haven't said about us that, that, that we could look and we could evaluate and it's just distracting us and it gets us weighed down. And we've been living life based off of somebody else's opinion. And what somebody else thinks that we should be doing. And what somebody else thinks that we should, how we should be going about it. Can you imagine what would have happened in Mary's life had she let Martha's opinion take over the situation? She would have missed the opportunity that was right in front of her. We can't live based off of somebody else's opinions that takes us away from the presence of God. And we've been living life just constantly, constantly wanting to say... Well, they don't think I should be doing that. And we change perspectives and we change what we're doing. I heard a pastor say recently, nobody is busier than the person trying to meet everyone else's expectations. Nobody is busier than the person trying to meet everyone else's expectations. Can I tell you, it's okay to scale back. And to reprioritize and to evaluate and to look at some things different and get rid of the distractions that are just constantly weighing us down. Will, will we be marked by devotion? Or will we be marked by distraction? We have a choice. Will we be marked by devotion? Or will we be marked by distraction? I'm not going to let my worship get distracted. He's worthy of it all. I'm not going to let my serving get distracted. There's nothing more fulfilling than serving God and serving God's people. I'm not going to let my giving get distracted. That's why we bring the first 10% to him. Not, not what's left over. We give to him first. I'm not going to let that get distracted in a distracted world, get rid of the distraction. And the final thing as I draw to a close. I got to get close to him. I need it. I was created by him and for him and in him all things exist. And he is the source of it all. Can I tell you that nothing else in life will make sense without Jesus? That we need him? That what we do Monday through Saturday from 8 to 5 or whatever your work life looks like, it, it will just be us going through something monotonous constantly without Jesus in our lives. He is the one that gives us purpose. So I get close to him, but as a result of me getting close to him, I get close to him so they can get close. I get close to him so they can get close. As I get close to him, and as I take time to sit at his feet, that as I make that my priority, as I make that my focus, that things in my life would begin to change and that things in my life would begin to look different. Not because you're in a different home, not, no, because Jesus is there and because when he is present, things begin to change in our lives. That because my closeness to him, by my closeness to him, becomes a blessing to those around us. 
That because I'm close to him, that when I encounter somebody at the grocery store that is going through a difficult time and that I'm able to share with them, hey, let me tell you about Jesus. He changed my life and I, I, been, I know he can do the same for you. Let me tell you about Jesus and what he's done for my family. Let me tell you, yeah, I know you're struggling, but let me tell you about a God that can meet you right where you're at. Let me tell you about a God that can meet you in the struggle that because I am in a position at his feet I'm able to serve as a channel where where his love and his goodness can flow through my life and that people around me are being blessed because of the intentional choices that you and I are making that my devotion can help someone in need, that my dedication and my commitment to him can help somebody that is going through the roughest patch of their life, that through my devotion, when my coworker is hurting, when chaos comes, and when frustration is prevalent, that Jesus in my life can change somebody else's situation, that Jesus in my life can give somebody else hope, that Jesus working in my life would be able to be evident that I can understand and recognize that I am the light of the world and that I am the salt of the earth. That I could understand that Jesus in my life can change the atmosphere and can change the environment and all the anger and all the strife that's going on in my home right now can, can come to an end because Jesus walks in to my life and Jesus walks into my spouse's life and I, all of a sudden things begin to change because Jesus is in the middle of it that his presence can bring peace and that his presence can bring deliverance and that his presence can bring a new perspective for you that my closeness to him is a pathway for somebody else that my closeness to him is a pathway for other people to experience jesus because if we're honest we've all sat in the seat of pain we've all been there We've all sat in the seat of anger. You know that anger where you know you need to forgive, but you just don't forgive. You're like, just let me be mad right now. We've all sat in the seat of addiction. And we've all sat in the seat of bad choices, of deception, of disappointment. But I want to encourage you today that you can change your seat. You can change your seat assignment. You can change where you have been sitting and sit at the feet of Jesus. To know that there is hope for the hurting, to know that there is hope for the sick, that there is hope for the tired. He says, come if you're tired, if you're weary. He says, I'll give you rest. He's not talking about a physical rest. He's talking about a spiritual rest, something that doesn't let you sleep at night. That He says, I, I, can, I can take care of that. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement of our peace. That means the punishment of our peace was upon him by his stripes were healed. Can I tell you that he paid the price so that you could be at peace? That the peace of God that surpasses all understanding would guard your heart and would guard your mind. That sometimes things in our lives are chaotic and sometimes the storms do rage. But the fact that Jesus is with me, 
It can change everything. It changes my perspective to let me know that when you walked in in my room at three in the morning and I was crying and I was lonely, but when you walked in and you said, fear not, I am with you. Nothing changed, but you brought something that I needed. But you brought something that I needed. So you're in this place today. You're in this place today and your, your heart is hurting. Your mind is anxious. Situations are weighing on you. You're concerned about how you're going to make it and you're concerned of, about what doors are going to open, what doors are going to close. Can I tell you that there is peace at the feet of Jesus? Can I remind you today that there's peace at the feet of Jesus, that he's still a way maker. He's still a way maker. He can still hold you together in your most difficult moments. He can still hold you together when everything seems to be falling apart and your back is against the wall. Can I tell you that there is peace at the feet of Jesus that you can change your seat today? But you have to make that decision. You have to make that decision. So wherever you're at, I invite you. So wherever you find yourself, I invite you. Change your seat assignment today. Change your seat assignment today. Father, I thank you in this moment. I thank you in this moment for peace flooding our hearts and our minds. I thank you right now because even though I may not see the end in sight, I thank you that even though I don't see light at the end of the tunnel, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear because I know that you are with me. I know that you're with me and because you're with me, it changes everything. So today, God, we make an intentional choice and we make an intentional decision to change our seat and to be able to bask in your presence, to be able to marvel in the fact of who you are. There is no one like you. God, I thank you that anger and frustration are diminishing as peace and hope begin increasing in this place. I thank you that faith is rising right now in somebody's mind and life and heart. I thank you, God, that there is no situation that is being faced here today by anybody that is too difficult for you. I thank you that you can work through it all. I thank you that you can do anything but fail. I thank you right now for the opportunity to have fellowship with you. I thank you for the opportunity right now to know who you are. With every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe you're in this place today and you've never made the intentional decision to sit at his feet. Maybe you've never accepted him as your savior. Maybe you've never opened up your heart and said, Jesus, I accept you. I don't want to close this service without giving you an opportunity to do so. So right now with every head bowed and every eye closed, 
if you say today is the day that I give my life to Jesus, I'm tired of trying to figure things out myself, I need you to be Lord of my life. If that is you, I want you to raise your hand right now, just as a sign of surrender right now. He loves you. He loves you right where you're at. He knows the details of what's going on, but he loves you just like that. I want everyone at the sound of my voice to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for loving me when I was unlovable. Thank you for salvation. Come into my heart, change my life. I give you my heart in Jesus' name, amen. Can we give God praise for everybody that accepted him today? The angels rejoice and the people of God rejoice. I'm gonna invite you to stand. Let's give God some praise for just a few more seconds. I'm gonna ask our prayer partners to come up. I'm gonna ask our prayer partners to come up before we leave this place. As we enter into a moment of worship, and give you an opportunity to just bask in his presence. We intentionally set up here because we care for you and we love you. And we wanna make sure that you know that you don't have to pray for what you're praying for on your own. We want you to know that we are, we're here to stand in the gap with you and to be able to stand in agreement with you. So as we go into this moment of worship. If there is something weighing on your heart, if there is something that you're going through individually as a family, as a home, maybe in your workplace and you need somebody to stand in agreement with you, maybe you've, you're facing an unknown prognosis in your body, maybe we believe that God can do it all. He can do it all and he can meet you right where you're at. So you have not gone too far for God this morning and he wants to, bring you back to him. He wants to bring you back to him. So right now, Father, once again, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your promise that you will never leave us, that you will never forsake us. God, I thank you right now for meeting every need in this place, God. I thank you right now for knowing, God, of the details of what we're going through and still calling us and inviting us in and, and challenging us to come to you. God, we accept your call today. We accept your invitation. God, I'm tired of doing things on my own. I'm frustrated. I can't sleep at night. I'm tired of everything that I have been facing. God, I need you right now, God. We need you in our hearts, in our minds, in our souls, in our families, in our marriages. God, there is nothing too difficult for you so work in every area right now I thank you for doing an incredible work I thank you for doing an extraordinary work in Jesus name amen